The reading this morning is from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 19. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Amen. I never cease to be amazed by that story that we've just read of the conversion of Saul, later known as Paul. He became one of the great leaders of the Christian church, the author of many pages in the New Testament, the founder of many Christian congregations, an amazing person indeed. But before all of that, he had a previous life, vigorously opposing those who were followers of Jesus, threatening them with murder, seeking to have them put into prison in Jerusalem. And he was traveling to Damascus with this in mind. And then suddenly this blinding light surrounded him. And he heard a voice, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? It was Jesus who was speaking to him. And in that moment, Saul lost his sight, 
had to be led into Damascus where he would meet up with Ananias. And Ananias prayed for Saul and immediately his sight was restored and he was baptized. Now there are many other details in this story that we're not going to look at today. But I bring it to you as an amazing example of the difference which Jesus makes. And the significance of baptism as an expression of that faith in Jesus. Because the first thing that Saul did was that he was baptized. And that moment of baptism was an expression of his faith. Now we've no idea what that baptism looked like, whether it was in a river like this picture or something different, we don't know. But we do know that after Ananias prayed for Saul, after he received his sight, first thing he did was that he got up and was baptized. He was no longer the one who was known for his hostility towards Christians. He was no longer the persecutor of Christians. He was no longer uh, scaring the life out of Christians. He was now a wholehearted follower of Jesus himself. Absolutely fantastic. And in particular this morning, I would like to say that Saul's conversion to Christianity and his baptism immediately after was an amazing sign of hope. Baptism and hope belong together. There was hope first to Saul himself. Because in his previous life, he was damaging, destructive, full of violence and terror. And then God spoke powerfully to Saul. And from the blinding light, he heard this incredible voice, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And the destruction which Saul was bringing to the lives of believers was actually a persecution to Jesus himself. Why are you persecuting me? said Jesus. There was no future or hope in this destructive life of violence. And very quickly, he found a totally new way of living. And within days, he was preaching in the synagogues and saying what a wonderful person Jesus is, how God had turned his life completely around, and how God had brought hope into his heart. So that moment of amazing change was a real hope for Saul himself, who was going one way in a life of destruction, and God turned him round to going another way. But also that moment brought hope to the whole Christian community. They were terrified of Saul. Indeed, Ananias had heard a lot about him and was very nervous at the thought of going to meet him. He objected that Saul was someone who harmed Christians in Jerusalem, was planning to do the same in Damascus. But the Lord simply said to Ananias, just go, just go. I'm calling you to go. And after Saul was baptized, there was a huge change for the whole community of believers, all those who were afraid of him, all those who were in fear, in uncertainty, embraced him as a brother, encouraged him, welcomed him, and in the end protected him from the Jews who wanted to kill him now that he had, in effect, changed sides and was speaking up 
for Jesus. And so this change in Saul's life brought hope to himself because he was living in a damaging way and then he started to live in a wonderful way. And he brought hope to the whole Christian community who were afraid of him and who then embraced him. Now, there are clearly many ways in which this is an unusual story. It's unusual for someone so hostile to Christianity to convert to becoming so prominent a Christian leader. It's unusual for the story to be so dramatic, the blinding light, the voice from heaven. Even within the New Testament, the conversion of Saul is unusual. Because if we think of other very well-known disciples, let's take Peter, for example, his conversion story is very different. He was a fisherman, along with his brother. They were fishing, and Jesus was walking along the shoreline of Galilee, turned to him and said, follow me. And they left their nets, and they followed him. No blinding light. No voice from heaven. None of the drama that's in the story of Saul. And in the early stages of Peter's commitment, we really get the sense that he was trying to work out what this following Jesus actually meant. And gradually the truth came to light. And Peter knew that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. If you describe the conversion of Saul as dramatic, you might describe the conversion of Peter as gradual. But in both cases, there was great hope in their lives and in the lives of the believers around them. And so the message for us today is that there is always hope when we come to believe and follow Jesus Christ. There is hope for us and there is hope for the whole community around us. Dodger and Claire, you will be sharing something of the hope which you found through believing in Jesus. You may have very different stories. Indeed, that is the case. But there may be some senses in which that contrast in your stories is a bit like Saul and Peter in the New Testament. Both of you have known God's power coming to you in a remarkable way in very dark and challenging times. And we know that Jesus has made all the difference in your lives. And also, your faith has been a great blessing to other people already. That has been evident here in such a remarkable way. And so we're so encouraged. As we see the Holy Spirit bringing people to trust in Jesus, follow him, and commit their lives to him. Imagine the excitement in Damascus as the newly baptized Saul joined the other believers and praised God together. It was hugely exciting. Imagine the excitement in Caesarea as the Holy Spirit came on the Gentiles when Peter was speaking about Jesus and they too were baptized. Hope comes alive for the individual believer and for the Christian community. Every time someone takes a step of faith in believing in Jesus and being baptized. That's why this morning is a special morning 
Claire, for Dodger, and for us all. Because hope comes alive when faith is discovered and expressed. And let's be clear that that hope is not just a feel-good factor. It is much, much deeper than that. It is the powerful awareness that God is building his church today. This is in fulfillment of the words that Jesus himself said to Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And across the world, the kingdom of God is growing powerfully and will continue until the Lord's prayer, the words of the Lord's prayer are truly fulfilled. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this word hope gathers together all that God has done, all that God is doing, all that God will be doing. I hope you took note of some of the words that we've been singing in our songs this morning. They have been so full of hope, so full of the significance of why Jesus came and lived and died on the cross and rose again. And all that God will do in the recreation of a new heaven and a new earth. And all that God wants to do today as he comes among us here and now and brings his hope into our lives. God is working through his Holy Spirit across the world today. 